Welcome to another episode of Past the Peas. I am your host, Panama Jackson. And today, we're going to do a, a bit of storytelling. We're going to take a step back. It's going to be just me, the microphone. If I had two turntables in front of me, I would say two turntables and a mic, but I do not. So it's just me and a microphone. Like Nas said, all I need is one mic. That was a very long introduction. But what we're going to do today is talk about something that I think is relevant to a lot of people that especially are in this space, people who are listening here, people who need a little motivation, a little inspiration. We're going to talk about my writing journey, how we got here. You see, Very Smart Brothers started in 2008, but that's not how we got here. By the time that Damon and I started Very Smart Brothers, we were already established writers and bloggers, but that wasn't always the case, right? Like at some point, I, Damon, Lovey, Everybody who has become a writer professionally that started in this blogging space, we all started somewhere. So we're going to have a fun time talking about the Panama Jackson writing journey here on Past the Peas. The very <laughs> smart <laughs> brothers. Panama, hi, it's Oprah Winfrey. Calling to tell you, I don't know you, but I love you. This podcast is Every nigga is a star. Every nigga is a star. Who will remind that you and I am? Every nigga is a star. Hit me! It's not the same. No, Yo, yeah. Gotta get it up in the morning. Gotta rise up. Gotta make it what you want it. Gotta breathe in. Gotta breathe out, gotta have faith, gotta know what you gotta, gotta get up in the morning, gotta rise up, gotta make it what you want it, gotta breathe in, gotta breathe out, gotta have faith, gotta know that you gotta baby. My writing story, my writing journey is is a fun one of sorts because it's it's kind of conventionally black in well not black black is probably the wrong term but it's kind of conventionally kicked off by the way that most great stories are we're chasing women right that's pretty much how this starts but let's go back to the beginnings of my writing story all right i in college i went to morehouse college in atlanta I was a I was an econ major largely. I started out as an as a uh, as an engineering major, though. I came into Morehouse in a summer program called Center of Excellence in Science, Math, and Engineering, which was partnered with a program called the Dansby Scholars Program, which was for students who were. Uh, it was a pre freshman program for students coming in as physics majors. So we were essentially this group of very smart uh, black boys freshly graduated from high school coming down to Atlanta to the campus to take a bunch of classes in engineering we took a physics class uh I took so the classes that I took uh different people had different schedules but my classes were I took a mechanics class which is one of the the uh physics classes we we all took uh, a calculus class and we all took or no, we didn't all take this. I took an engineering class in the afternoon. Then we would have a study hall in the evening. You know, it was a six-week program. We all got paid $1,000 at the end of it. We all got graphing calculators, the, the infamous 
uh, TI-83. We got we were given TI-83 calculators, though. I use my TI-82 for <laughs> for what seems like forever. And this program pulled students, black boys from all over the nation. In our program alone, were a bunch of kids from Atlanta, uh, myself out of Alabama at the time, uh, some of the homies from D.C. There were people from Arkansas. There were people from uh, other people from Alabama. There were people from different parts of um, South Carolina, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I think I'm pretty sure there was somebody from New York because there's always somebody from New York in every story. Um, you know, I it was a I think there were like 30 people in our program, and we uh, Louisiana, <laughs> Baton Rouge. How could I forget? Uh, Delaware. You know, we we it was it was a bunch of it's a bunch of students from all over the nation. We were all there for this program uh, as pre freshmen, engineering and math and science and STEM majors. So, in this program, I now uh, some of my best friends in life were in this program with me. People that I call friends, people that I call godfathers to my children, all of that. People that I hang with at homecoming still. You know, we came into Morehouse in '97. We graduated in 2001. So this year is our 20 year graduation. So I've known some of these people for as long as 24 years at this point. This is more than half of my life. These are folks who ain't going anywhere. They will be here forever. And one of those people who was in this program was my boy, Calvin Miles Smith, the third goes by kill a cow. But he was in this program with us. We had epic uh, study hall sessions. He famously <laughs> On our, on our summer program, this is actually a funny story. Hope Calvin doesn't mind me telling it. In our summer program on the campus of Morehouse and Spelman and probably Clark Atlanta, too, there were all these summer programs brought together. So some of them were uh, most of us were pre-freshmen. Some of them were like kids from the community in Atlanta that were on campus doing, you know, different programs or whatever. And I remember there's this one little kid this one day who says something to Calvin. And I mean, he wasn't a little kid. You know, he was like a, a teenager. He says something to Calvin, and next thing you know, you see Calvin bolting out of the classroom, out of the building, take his belt off, running, trying to chase this boy down to whip his ass. It was hilarious. I mean, especially as an 18-year-old, it was it was the best of times. Solidly hilarious good times. Anyway, uh, we all go through Morehouse, 2001, we all graduate. I don't know who started this thread on uh, it wasn't a thread at the time. It was just an email chain. I want to say my boy, Adrian, who was also in the summer program with us from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, one of my best friends, Adrian. I want to say he's the one who started this email chain that we had. It was called question of the week on Monday. Somebody would drop a question in there. We'd spend the week emailing back and forth debating. It was like I don't know how many people were on this email thread, but it had to be somewhere in the 20 to 30 range of all of us folks that, you know, from Morehouse, whatever, Morehouse and Spelman, excuse me. We would spend the entire week just going back and forth. Calvin was part of this this email thread going back and forth. And, you know, back then, I mean, I guess you still have it now, but back then you had your signature and in it you put you put whatever, you know, I was somebody who changed my my nickname. Damn near daily. I had some I had so many nicknames. I can't remember the vast majority of them. I came up with a new nickname for myself almost every time I wrote an email. Well, Calvin always signed off his with his name or kill a cow more than likely. And under it, he had a a link to a website and it was www dot 
uh, killacow.net. This is my introduction to blogs. So I clicked on it one day and I see Calvin has a blog and he's writing his thoughts and, and, and opinions about stuff. So I just read it. I read everything. Like I read all this stuff because it's fascinating to me to learn about what is what he's thinking and what's going on. Like we're just writing about anything and everything. But what also was on this blog role was a, a on this blog was a blog role, which had a list of a bunch of other people he was reading. So this is where I met his homie OJ. This is where I met um, the homie Jen. This is where I met, um, I don't know, the homie Max, you know, rest in peace, Max Washington, who passed away, uh, I think late last year. Leon, who, you know, uh, who was listening to Leon at some point, like there's this, this this huge list of black people online, honey, Damon's cousin, honey, this huge group of black people online who are communicating with each other through blogs and blog roles and all this other stuff. It was a world I knew nothing about. So this must have been in the 2002, probably 2002. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing 2002, because I was at this point, I was at the University of Maryland in grad school. All right, so we're gonna take a brief pause there because I have to go back to the to this this is this is my entry into blogging, how I learned that blogs were a thing. I'd never heard of blogs until I I, I I ran into Calvin, Calvin's blog. But my my origins in writing start a little bit differently. So I gotta take you back now to this is probably ninety-nine, maybe early two thousand. Let's say it's probably ninety-nine. So when I was in college, I had to get I had to get a job. I had uh, payments to make bills to pay. I didn't live on campus. I had so I had to make some money. And I got a job one day at this 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 company called Surtech. Now, you've never heard of Surtech, more than likely. And Surtech was the parent company for these two companies called Service Check and Driver Check. Two companies you've also probably never heard of. What you have heard of, though, what you have is when you would go to fast food restaurants and you saw a number for tell me about my service or when you're driving behind a car and it says tell me how I'm driving or something. And there's a 1-800 number and a, a, an indicator for a specific truck or when you're at McDonald's or Popeye's or Burger King or whatever it is, and you see that number at the window when you get pissed off about your service and you call. You were calling us at service check. There was no specific McDonald's number. There was no specific Burger King. Well, there was a specific number. They just all came to our our office. So I could be talking to somebody who had a complaint about not getting their fries at McDonald's while the homie sitting next to me was being yelled at at yelled at by somebody who was at Popeye's who didn't get, you know, who ordered five tenders and only got four. Most of the time, we'd be able to give them some quick gift certificate. We would get their ad information address, fire it off, send it to them, send them like a $5 gift card. Most people were fine. Every now and then, people was like 38 hot, and we had to escalate things to management and all kind of stuff. It was, But basically, if you had a customer service issue at a fast food restaurant, you called me or all the people that worked with me at Service Check, which was uh, an office space that was housed in Smyrna, Georgia at the time, near Cobb Galleria. We were like five minutes from Cobb Galleria or Cobb Parkway. So 
this is this is the origins of my writing story, honestly, true true to life. So there was a there was a dude that worked there and he used to do poetry. He would go perform his poetry in places. And this is going to sound mad shady, but I it, it's the only way I can tell my story is to be honest about it. If he ever hears this, you know, Jay, you my man. <laughs> Hopefully you don't take this personal. I don't think you will ever hear this, but, you know. By the way, very interesting and odd assortment of individuals who worked at this place here. I mean, we were, it was a ragtag bunch. Um, there was rappers. You know, there were there were older people. There were younger people. The one of my direct managers was a was a rapper who made really dope, <laughs> you know, music. I was it was very it was a very interesting space. Some folks from Morehouse and Clark, some AUC people worked in here. The AUC being the Atlanta University Center, which was the, you know, where uh, Morehouse, Spellman, Clark, Morris Brown at the time, and the interdenominational theological center, uh, which I don't think is part of the AUC any longer. Um. But anyway, okay, so this is where we're working. So Jay, back back to Jay. Jay writes poetry. He performs his poetry. And I remember he would write poems and there were, you know, he would share his poetry with the women in the office. And I remember him getting such positive feedback. It always surprised me because I remember reading his poetry and being slightly surprised that anybody liked any of this shit. Now, it's not because it was bad necessarily. I just wasn't a poetry person, right? Like, I didn't get it. I thought poetry was a little bit whack. Um, I thought a lot of poetry, especially black dudes coming off of Love Jones and shit, were mad. Try hard with the the attempts to get women's affections and attention through poetry. And I thought that's what was happening. So I almost ironically, maybe not ironically, I don't know what the term would be, but I decided I wanted to see if people were full of shit. I wrote a poem, it was intentionally bad, and I shared it, right? I wrote it on white paper with a pencil, you know what I'm saying? Like, mechanical pencil. And I remember people telling me the poems were good. And I was like, this is crazy. So I kept doing it. I kept writing worse and what I deemed to be worse and worse poetry. But the funny thing is, even though it was bad, like, I was actually putting thought and effort into, you know, the phrasing and what I was writing, like I was taking topics and stuff and writing. I just, I guess I didn't realize that there was any, I didn't realize the craft, the the effort I was putting into it because I had such a low opinion of this type of stuff anyway. So don't judge me. I'm a much better human being now. But anyway, what ended up happening though, was as opposed to enjoying the attention that I was getting from other people and telling me that I was deep and, oh, you had to read, you know, you got to read Panama's new poem. I wasn't Panama at the time. But you got to read Panama's poem. I started enjoying getting my thoughts out in writing, right? Like just writing my thoughts and ideas out. And, you know, at some point I stopped sharing the stuff. I just started writing over. Like I, w- I would never, st- I'd wake up and I'd start writing. I would write before I went to sleep. I'd be writing in class. Like if I had an idea and a thought, I just could not hold it in. I had to get it out. So I spent a significant amount of time actively writing, like physically writing all these poems. I have Man, I, I think I spent the the last half of my junior year and all of my senior year every day writing at least one new thing. There are hundreds and hundreds of things that I've written. Pieces, poetry pieces that I never performed or anything like that. And I shared them with some people. Um, but, you know, I fell in love with writing that way. But it didn't 
it didn't present itself to me as an opportunity to do anything with it. But that's the that's that's where the idea that's where the spark for me writing anything and enjoying the actual art and craft of it started because. You know, I fell in love with getting my thoughts out, like seeing them on a piece of paper, not holding them in my brain so that I could forget them. You know, I have this I feel like I have short term memory loss. Like if I don't if I say I'm going to do something right then and I don't do it. If I wait 10 seconds, I will forget what I need to do sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like I had that. But writing all this stuff down ensured that I would never forget it. So that was amazing. So that was dope. So th- that's the that's the beginning of my actual writing journey is those that those summers or the the school years in college when I started just writing poetry based on what <laughs> started out as kind of mocking a co-worker's art. And then realizing that, oh, shit, now I'm doing the same thing, blah, blah, blah. So that's my, that's the beginning of my writing journey. So now we know that. And now we know the start of how I discover blogs. So we're going to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to explain how I went from liking writing, discovering blogs, to starting a blog myself, which leads ultimately up to Very Smart Brothers. So we'll be right back on Past the Peace. All right. <laughs> Thus far, we know how I got started writing just in general through poetry. We know how I got to discovering blogs. Thanks to Calvin, the homie Calvin. Now, I always tell Calvin that he's responsible for my for my career. Like he literally is part of the reason why I ever got into this game is because I discovered his blog and his blog led to probably the most important discovery for me personally into blogging not even probably it literally did on his blog roll were all the people that I named before but but there was one particular name on this blog roll that anybody familiar with the VSB story would know and that was Liz now at the time Liz went by the name Black Martha and I I don't know why exactly I I clicked on her page probably because I clicked on everybody's page on Calvin's uh, blog roll like I was just reading everybody I clicked on hers and I was immediately fascinated by all the stories and the way she told her stories. Right. Like like I must have read her entire page in the first few days that I discovered her. Right. Um, she was a student up in up in MIT in Boston or Cambridge for the people who are sticklers. She was a student up there. She was um, started out as I. Oh, my God. She's, she'll kill me for this. I want to say she either started out as engineering or bio or something like that. Maybe comp side, Liz, you feel free to murder me. Um, but then she, you know, she was working, you know, she had a job on campus. She was, you know, it was just I, I learned so much information from reading her blog. And I was fascinated by the person she was. And I think that's a lot of what happened early on in the blogging world. You got fascinated by the people who the people whose blogs you would read, you got fascinated by them as human beings. I mean, that's the same way that I actually discovered Damon or or I was introduced to Damon. I found his blog, you know, all these people's blogs that I, that I came to find through clicking through people's blog rolls. So Liz, one day, I don't know why or what compelled me to do it, but I think I just randomly on AOL instant messenger back there, aim. I hit up Liz and 
you know, from that day forward, we literally probably talked every single day about nothing, about everything, about life, about what she was doing, about what I was doing. You know, we just we, we became friends. And over time, Liz, you know, so that, that must have been 2000, maybe 2002, late 2002, 2003-ish. But we would talk every day. I met the homie Jen, who went to Spelman, was at Spelman while, who was at Spelman while I was in grad school. We talked, I found her, uh, I found her, her, uh, her website. So we would just, I would be talking to all these newfound friends that I found through the blogosphere, right? But Liz and I would talk and she would, I mean, look, Liz Liz is an amazing human being. The stuff that she was putting up with and dealing with while she was in college, um, the mind that she had to to get from where she came from to where she is now, like you can't do that without being extremely resolute, being strong willed and all this other stuff. And I want to say the idea for me blogging came from her. She would jokingly tell me that I should start a blog because I guess I was funny. Like I would I would say things that made her laugh or conspiracy theories and all this stuff that I had, I would share those things with her. And she'd be like, yo, P, you need a blog. Like you need to be blogging. And I'd be like, nah, I don't, I don't think so. But you know, one day, I guess she'd said it enough where, you know, I was like, all right, let's, maybe I should start a blog. I don't know if she set up my blog spot page or if I did it, I will go ahead and assume that she did it because I felt extremely not tech savvy at this point in my life, I still don't feel very tech savvy at this point in my life right now, all these years later. But on my birthday, my 25th birthday on June 3rd, 2004, I dropped my first blog post on my jacksongtickle.blogspot.com website. And I think the, the title was Some Say the End is the Beginning which is something I got from Outcast, uh, Outcast Growing Old, uh, Big Rube said that. I didn't know what else to say. I didn't know how to start it, so I just started there. And that was, I was at home on my 25th birthday, which is kind of sad now that I think about it. Like I was literally watching the spelling bee and writing my first blog post <laughs> at home on my 25th birthday in 2004. And... You know, so I set up the thing, set up the blog role, all the people that I paid attention to. I remember all these folks back there, like Ombra, Nicole, um, 1115.org. Like there was all these people whose blogs that I was reading. And, you know, people have to forgive me. I can't remember everybody's everybody's site. And, you know, by people, you know, one of the ways that people would find you on the Internet was other people would share your blogs. Right. So. I wrote a couple of things and I remember writing stuff about like writing conspiracy theories about Starbucks. Like Starbucks was my big thing. I thought Starbucks was the man. I still think Starbucks is a man, but I've quit fighting that fight because nobody else gives a shit. And I started getting some notoriety. Like you would know that people are paying attention because they would all start adding into their blog role. And I was showing them everybody's blog role. So I got to meet all these really cool people and all this stuff like that. And 
Liz and I were running shotgun the whole time because Liz is still killing the game as a blogger. She has her blog. She's still doing it. So does Jen. Like my my immediate circle of homies, Calvin, OJ, all these people, you know, they're still doing their thing. And, you know, I'm out here just writing away, writing these thousand word pieces and stuff like that, throwing these random, random uh, uh theories and ideas i have out there and if somebody says something negative about me i'm i'm from the 50 cent school of beef where i feel like every beef is worth taking on at least i was back then and let me tell you that that black blogging community was huge back then i mean hundreds and hundreds of people maybe even more than that that we all found that everybody was a part of you know people were reading each other's sites so it would take up your whole damn day right i get to work and i just start reading blogs and i'd be mad as hell when that person whose blog i really liked didn't like update it's very interesting you got to learn people's tics from reading them so often and i'm sure i had the same thing like i i'm sure like i was the person who i used song lyrics and as easter eggs all through my pieces if, if you read old blog posts of mine it was nothing to see a song lyric somewhere in the middle of something that i wrote you know like i it was just fun i would write a couple times a week i would have a ton of fun this is also how, though. So that starts. So that starts in June. Two, uh, that starts in June two thousand and four. Over the over time, you get to meet people. And another person that I met, I do not remember what her website name was. I feel terrible about this, but I met a young lady named Kia who happened to have a connection to the folks from AllHipHop.com, and. She made a connection with me and Chuck Creekmer, Jigsaw, the CEO, who allowed me to submit a piece to them. So I submitted some first piece about politics and hip hop or whatever. And they they published it. So it was my first published piece was on allhiphop.com, which was amazing for me because allhiphop.com was a site that I read literally every single day for their rumors, for their articles, all that stuff. The second piece that I wrote, though, was it was called And This Is For. And... It was about how unhappy hip hop fans were or how much we complain about shit. Right. Like we get 10 bangers. We want 15 songs. You know what I'm saying? We it was just literally about all the complaints that hip hop heads have about quality and all this stuff back then. This is this is in 2000. This is 2004, late 2004. And that first article that I wrote, I didn't put my email address on there. I just put my name like I signed off Panama Jackson as a freelance writer from Washington, D.C. or whatever. The second one I put my email address on. And this is when I started getting email. I got like a litany of emails from people uh, all around the nation. Famous rappers at the time emailed me because everybody was reading all hip hop. This is also how I got started into the music production game was because a person who read my article, my boy Tim, reads the article and says, hey, I think you could be a songwriter. And I was like, huh? And he's like, I happen to live in DC. You should come through the studio, which was really his apartment, and we'll work on stuff. And that that created that that kicked off a creative partnership that hasn't really stopped. You know, Tim and I, Tim is still one of my great friends. We talk all the time. No longer neither one of us is really doing music anymore. You know, we 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 had some amazing forays into music, but we did manage to get a song played on the radio at some point. Um you know, good times, like really had good times there. And this probably in 2005 or something like that, you know, I'm still, I'm writing steadily, meeting more people, all this stuff. And 
I met somewhere along the way. I was reading Damon's Damon's website back then. He went by the name. Um, he was D Young, and you know he'd gotten engaged at some point. So he had Damon was just always this artsy dude with a million names and all kind of stuff. And anyway, his website was D dot and I remember reading it and loving everything I saw. But we were two black dudes who have very similar, you know, stories, so to speak. I mean, I was HBCU. He went to a white school. But, you know, you could just tell people who have similar sensibilities. I was a big fan of his. He's a big fan of mine. I do not know. I cannot tell you for the life of me who hit up who first. But at some point, we start talking. This must be 2004, 2005-ish. And we, you know, we become, you know, we become Internet homies. Uh talk frequently, you know, checking on life and all this stuff, reading each other's blogs, obviously. And, you know, Liz is still blogging, Calvin. And we just got this whole huge community of blogging writers that I love. Now, what's also happening at this time is I'm getting a lot of opportunities to write in different places. So I pretty much have, um, at the time anyway, I'm able to submit stuff to all hip hop pretty much at will now I don't I'm not like a writer at all hip-hop but whenever I have a really good idea I send it to them and sometimes they ran it um but I'm getting asked to write articles for all kind of bootleg nonsensical stuff uh I wrote for I started writing for a certain online magazine I think it was called like the flow magazine or something at some point I don't know whatever happened with that uh the homie OJ started the insensitive news network uh, I wrote a couple pieces for that at the time. You know, I was, if you hit me up about writing, I would, I would gladly do it. There was no money, by the way, for any of this shit. It was just people like, yo, come through, be part of this. Effectively, we were blog writing collectives that people were putting together. And now, mind you, there's an entire other world happening on these message boards. Like Honey started, Honey had her that bitch.com, like message boards. There were the K things. There was all these dope message boards. I wasn't so much in that stuff. I was on the blogging end of it, but that's happening like concurrently that all this stuff is going on at the same time. At some point in 2006, I remember Liz and I came up with the idea of putting together our own e-zine and we decided to call it We The Voices. Now, that comes from a quote in the Temptations movie where David Ruffin is talking to Eddie Kendrick and he says, you know, something along, something to the, (laughs) something to the effect of, you know, they not, you know, they, they're, they coming to see us corn. Corn was uh, Eddie Kendrick's nickname. They come to see us corn. We the voices. So it was very arrogant. Like we are the ones that people are paying attention to. That was the point of the, we, the voices easing. So, I mean, it was an amazing space. I mean, it, it didn't last as long as it could have. We were ahead of our time, but we had music reviews, poetry, we had articles, we just had, it, we had literally had everything. Everybody that we, everybody that was somebody in the writing community at that point, the black blogger community, I'm pretty sure contributed in some way, shape or form to We The Voices. I can't find any of that shit. I lost the email address that I think all that stuff was on. Like somebody hacked me a long time ago, but you know, it's, I remember I wrote, I wrote, um, music reviews i just wrote commentary it was like a a resting house it was a rest haven for all type of content dope black content and i'm very sad that it it 
doesn't exist anymore that I can't find the shit. But it really was a dope space. Um, I, I think I had a, the poetry section was called like dandelions in a parking garage or some shit like that. Because I was I took the idea from the, <laughs> the rose grew from the concrete. So I was like, let me just come up with something other. You know, when we did our music reviews, they were based on pimp slaps. You know, it was just ridiculous shit. But it was fun. We had fun. But it was also a lot of work. And Liz and I were doing all that work. And I think Damon came on to help. Like, it was just this group of us that were all doing all this stuff that was fun. But, again, there's no money. We're all doing a lot of work. We're all blogging separately. There's no money in any of this shit. And, you know, this is probably around the time where I start feeling a little bit of the burnout from writing all the time. When you're doing this stuff for free and you're writing these lengthy 2000 word pieces because you want to get these things off because people are reading it, you're getting lots of comments and entertain it's entertainment value and you're part of this writing community. At some point it just becomes it becomes harder and harder to come up with shit to write about. Or at least it becomes harder and harder to to actively do it because you kind of start wondering what is the purpose of all of this? Like why am I even doing this? I quit blogging at some point. I would come back to it, then I quit, then I come back to it. 2007 is when I had pretty much fully just quit blogging altogether. Like I really shut my whole shit down. The blog was still up, but I just wasn't writing anymore. I think I wrote, there might have been a piece called like Panama Jackson is Dead, some shit like that. I don't know. Um, that seems like something I would do. And I would have taken that from De La Soul is Dead. So that sounds about right. During this time, so obviously, you know, Damon is also going through a similar burnout. I think a lot of bloggers were because a lot of these people started before I did. I'm starting in 2004. It's 2007, three years. That's a long time to be writing for free. But because the community is there, it makes you feel like you have something going on. But it just got to be too much at some point. Damon has also quit writing um, on his DTheRoyalYoungs.com site. You know, he had gone from... You know, he Damon's story is his story. He'll tell this another time. But, you know, obviously Liz and I are still Trump tight. You know, she's one of my best friends at this point. We're still talking every day. And I remember, you know, Damon and I are also talking every day. And we're discussing writing a book together. So this is, you know, when every time Damon and I do this story, we're talking about writing the book. We all start at the. You know, we both had blogs. He had a blog. I had a blog. And then we decided we were going to write a book together. This is this is the pre this is the story to getting up to that point. So anyway, we decided to write this book, but it kind of just percolated for a while. And then one day, you know, I, I don't know if it, I, I could go check the tape, but we were having a conversation about starting a blog. And that's when that's when VSB formed. Literally, you know, like we should start a blog. I hit up Liz. I'm like, yo, Damon and I want to start a blog. She's like, cool. It's like, can you help? Of course. We need a name. Boom. Like all in five minutes, VSB goes from being just a random thought to being a website that launches like a week later, fully launches a week later. And the rest is rock and roll history in that in that in that sense. So that's that's really my writing story before then. It started out just a random dude who never wrote anything, didn't really care to writing poetry to you know, starting to notice blogs and then deciding, then getting into blogging because Liz really, you know, Calvin introduced me to them. Liz 
made me become a blogger, helped me see what you could do with blogging, helped me become a blogger, helped with VSB, is one of our co-founders with Very Smart Brothers. Like, there is no Panama Jackson in this sense without Calvin and Liz as part of my story, my personal story. And, you know, that kind of speaks to, you know, a lot of people know VSB from 2008, but there was there's a whole story before then, and it just speaks general, generally to how much work people were putting in behind the scenes. I don't know everybody else's blogging journey or writing journey or anything like that. I'm sure it's fascinating, and maybe people tell them. I hope everybody kind of shares this stuff because, you know, it's not just about blogging. It's about starting anything, how hard you have to work and keep trying and and, and innovating and trying new things. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was like, I don't feel like writing anymore. Like, I go two weeks without writing something because – it's hard to keep that stuff up, especially when there's no return on it. You're getting likes, you know, people are reading you, but for what? What's the bigger picture here? What's the purpose? What am I getting out of it? You know, other than people know who I am, but what is that turning into for me? Now, for me, it luckily, because I started this blog, you know, so thank you, Calvin. Thank you, Liz. You know, thank you, Damon. Because of the blog that I started, I managed to, and this is even before VSB, I managed to end up managing a nightclub in D.C. Uh, I managed to end up on a radio show. Damon and I wrote a book. Um, shit, I've written for more places than I could ever imagine. I ended up speaking at places I could never imagine. You know, one day I think I kind of, like, I, I got invited to speak at conferences. I sat on a panel with Cornell West because of, opinions I wrote about hip-hop like that's crazy to me you know what I'm saying like I got I got opportunities doors open for me to do things that I would never imagine like just briefly I managed I ended up managing a nightclub because I added a person to my blog role who I thought whose website which wasn't a blog I thought was doing good work in the community I apparently sent a shit ton of traffic to his website because people were looking at my blog role and checking it out. And he noticed a huge uptick. Then he reads my site, emails me. He's like, yo, bro, we need to meet. We end up meeting and he's like, dog, we need to find some way to work together. He ends up having me host his open mic in DC. So I was an open mic. I was a host of an open mic in DC for a year or something like that. And then, and then the owner of the club needed some help. The guy who had me come do the open mic, my boy Russ, was like, yo, oh, Omar, who was like one of my big brothers who was in my wedding party and all this stuff. He was like, yo, Panama is really responsible, bro. Like, he could do this. He could do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should bring him in. And that's how I ended up doing that. But just even hosting that open mic, two of my partners in the open mic, one was, <laughs> one is the homie, say, Connie Williams, who was an unsigned hype in the source at one point. And the other one was Grap Lover, the rapper the rapper from the group I and I, um, Pete Rock's younger brother, like I'm literally getting to meet the kind of people I would never imagine having an opportunity to meet, you know. And and let me tell you, working at that nightclub, man, the I met so many famous people that famous people started to unimpress me at some point. I've gotten to uh, I almost got into a fist fight with a famous person. I got into a screaming match with a legend, an actual legend in music, <laughs> a legend. I watched us pay a hip hop legend to do a DJ set that he never actually performed, 
because a guy who what played on a record he sampled showed up to the club with the actual record and they ended up talking for hours and he never got on the turntables. We ended up paying this dude like 10K to not do a job. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, like you asshole. I've watched Erica Badu. I'm not saying some of the negatives. I watched Erica Badu walk through crowd, walk through a crowd. Um, I've met Quest Love several times, Black Thought. I watched Pete Rock um spin several times like the uh, the club that we have i've seen bbd like i have created spaces and i've built dressing rooms out of space i can do an entire podcast probably about all of my experiences managing live nightclub in washington dc i've seen stevie wonder up close and personal you know where there were like you know 100 people in the club and he gave us a live performance and we couldn't even advertise that he was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've had amazing experiences. All because of this blog. All because of a website that I started years ago to get these thoughts off that turned into something. And I owe all of that, in my honest and, and, and humble opinion, to, to Liz especially. Liz really pushed me harder than anybody else and, and kind of opened my eyes to that. And Calvin especially for just introducing me to it. And being a friend all these all these years. So, you know, more stories about all this other shit that I've done. Um, <laughs> and that's only a couple of things that I've managed to do because of this blog. Like, yeah, there's there's some really amazing, fun things that have happened because of it. Hell, I met my wife, honestly, because of because of the blog. So I'm married. The woman I married is because of very smart brothers, because of a blog that I started. You know what I'm saying? Like the tentacles are long. So, you know, we'll go ahead and end there. That's for the most part a writing journey, my writing journey, how I got to where I am now, or at least how I got to the point where various, where, where almost every time we tell the VSB story where that gets started. And largely, I'll just end with this. If you have an idea, especially artistically, it's going to be a lot of hard work. It takes forever. Some people make it and some people don't. You got to figure out what your idea of making it really is because that can really help determine where you're going and how far you can get doing that, you know. Never once did I have any plans for anything that I was doing blogging. I did get burned out because I didn't know what I was doing it for, but I really never had an idea of what I could actually do with it. But all these doors opened, all these opportunities came to me, and I was willing to take on all of those opportunities for various reasons. You know, I was in a position to do so. I had people around me supporting my decision to do so, so that 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 obviously helped. But you know, if you're into any type of creative endeavor, it's going to be a lot of work. You just got to push through it. And and perhaps, hopefully, it all works out the way that the way that you want it to. And um, yeah, so that's that's the Panama Jackson writing journey. Hopefully, it's been somewhat entertaining. It's entertaining reliving it. This is almost archival for me because I've never really dedicated this to tape anywhere before. I don't think I've even written fully about all of this. But, you know, that's my journey. So, you know, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. You know, maybe I'll figure out a way to do another part to this because there's a bunch of other stuff I did leave out. But we'll get to that eventually. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we're here for the long haul. So thanks for sleepwalking. Thanks for listening. Have a black one. I drop my verse in the salsa. Yeah. My nigga, what you pouting for? You the one they made the mountains for. Uh, be humble. The people help you up when you stumble. Uh, or when you fumble. Well, I take a fucking bad vibe and I 
channel at. In this life, I be adamant. You take a hit and be out of it. It's all love, I ain't judging you. But this the universe nudging you. Wake up, boo boo. Perfect out in public. Broke your win in private. Spiritual war, we got on assignments. Nigga, I'm a hypocrite, but I keep it lit. If I keep it giving, I can rise to the ceiling.